everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Johnny Ryan Weaver coming back for a second time. Hey there, Johnny. Hey, buddy. How you been? Oh, it's been beautiful. Actually, you know what? This is the third time I've had to talk to you. Um, I've, the first time, I forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> oh, so how you been? I've been good, man. Uh, just hustling, like I said, esports. You know, uh, right now we've got high school and college leagues coming up. Um, we've actually started working with the Special Olympics, so we're getting their esports group going. And so, I mean, it's just it's just been nonstop. I mean, COVID did come and kind of put a damper on the physical, but you know, if you can, if you have the heart, you have the will, and you always do whatever you need to do. That is fantastic. So, you know, I, um, this is the episode's gonna be different since I have interviewed you before. Uh, I'll probably skip the whole, you know, how weird are you and all the, how, what kind of gamer <laughs> right. this. Like, you're, you're a champion, like you've done all that stuff. We, we've done that, okay. Um, I, I wanna get a little more in depth because, you know, you are, you're pretty foundational in the esports space. Like you do a lot for the esports community. And I really wanna pick you apart if I can and learn from you. Uh, that way my audience can learn from you as well because I, I I don't really see a lot of this type of content where people are really talking about the nuts and bolts of how to do things out there. So if I'm wrong, let me know and I'll go research. No, you're fine. No, there's, there's a lot that goes behind it. <laughs> okay. Um, so how has uh, the Rona been on esports? You know, just from your perspective, because I think we chatted with May or so last year. May, yeah. Yeah, that's when it first started coming on strong. Like I said, our last physical event that we did was in March or April, and that was with the Oklahoma City Thunder with the Extra Life Foundation. And so, of course, that was like right before mask and all the all the stuff about COVID had hit, hit. And so after that, everything is pretty much turned digital. Like all the big names like DreamHack see behind me, all them, they're not scheduled until uh, I think around November of this year. And that's in Atlanta if everything goes okay. But yeah, no, it, everything from concerts, esports, whatever has been on a standstill. So from there, we switched ours to online. Uh, I know last year from May until December on my side of Click Gaming, we had over 6,000 gamers come through. We had over 70 events and we gave over $25,000 away with different sponsors like the USO. Like I said, we had the Special Olympics, Extra Life, uh, a lot of military branches. And so it helped it helped bring organizations like that to realize, hey, there's more than just I have to go physical. Now we can do it digital with commercials, with, with uh, like I said, gamers coming in and out, podcasts, yeah, so what we're doing right now. So there's a lot of great bells and whistles that the online factor can help provide. Very cool. Okay, so I have advertised on an online esports a tournament before, um, but let me let me pretend like I have no idea how any of this works. <laughs> right. Say that somebody wants to start a tournament. Like, where does where do you even begin? Uh, the first part is, all right, do, where's my money going to come from? Cause it, or where your, where's your prize going to come from? It doesn't have to be, always be money. It can be, you know, a gift card. It could be a t-shirt. If you're a, whatever you have, you need to figure that out from there. You always want to plan at least a month ahead of time so you can advertise, but pretty much you figure out, Hey, I'm going to go in this group. Let's say like we mentioned last time, call duty, like, Hey guys, I want to do a tournament. What mode do you like? Do you like search and destroy? Do you like hard point? All right. Well, how do you guys feel? Do you want to win this prize, but put this money down? Or you want free entry to get this prize? So there's a lot of factors. And as you do that, you pretty much go to whatever site you want. You can even use a Google document if you want to go old school. But there's a lot of sites where you can have a bracket pre-made. You'll collect names and you'll put them in there. And then from there, you figure out what game, what map, what mode, what rules. And like I said, all the bells and whistles from times to prizes. And then you're starting a tournament. It's, it's, it sounds like a lot, but it's no, it's no different than waking up, going to work. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you put your clothes on, you go to work, you forget your pants. Guess what? You're coming back home. So you always want to make sure you have everything ready when you go to a tournament. Okay. So let me just kind of, uh, so I, I understand. So what you do is you pick a game first. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, after that, you kind of figure out who you would want to play in it, and then you ask them what they would want to play on that game. Correct. So for instance, let's say with a new Call of Duty, it's Cold War. There's a lot of modes you can play anything from a gunfight to a search and destroy to even the big boy CDL rules. So you would go in there and be like, hey, I want to put on a, what I would do is I would put a voting poll out there, let them vote, see what they is. And, and as the votes come in in seven days, be like, all right, well, search and destroy was the most. And you can also put, do you want twos, ones, fours? And let's say it's two. So now you have a 2v2 search and destroy. From there, you got to make sure you put the rules on there so people know what it is. Because if you have people like me that have done it professionally, they don't want to play pub rules because certain things are restricted, et cetera. Uh, from there, you will, like I said, you'll collect your people as the tournament day comes. You'll put them all in the bracket. And then you'll say, all right, Alpha Squad versus Bravo Squad. Here's your map. Here's your mode. Go have fun. Report score back to me. And we'll keep this ball rolling. So when you say report score back to you, like, is this... A, a broadcasted tournament or is just you you were talking about just a i'm putting on a tournament and then hopefully the numbers come back and no one's cheating there's, there's two ways of this. doing that so let, let's say if you're going old, old school where it's just pen and paper uh you want to make sure that your gamers that sign up have a way to communicate with you as the to because if you don't you don't know what's going on so what i would do is either i would create a discord or i would have a big facebook messenger that has all the people in the tournament added in there so therefore they could be like hey alpha squad beat bravo squad 2-0 and then from you you'd go over there and do it and be like all right well now i have alpha versus zeta you know or whatever it is so you can always make sure and if they're like well that's not my score be like well this is what you gave me you always want to make sure you have proof because some people will be like that wasn't what i said just because they're mad they got beat but okay. you know Honestly, I would use an automatic system. Like, so there's Battlefire, there's Challenge, there's Smash EG. They already have the brackets pre-made. So if you put the people in there and they report the score, there's no if and and saying that you got it wrong unless you accidentally typed it in. But then you can review the messages of what had happened and be like, oh, okay, that's, that's not a problem. I can fix this real quick. Or no, you told me this was a score. That's why I reported it that way. Okay, beautiful. Now, so that's that's kind of on the smaller end, right? Or is that how the bigger boys do it too? The big side, we do the same thing. So what we do, all right, so small side, that's pretty much it. Now, when it comes to big stuff, we usually have anywhere between, I would say, 50 to 200 teams, depending on the game, what we're doing. Uh, there's actually going to be referees at each station. They already have a, they have a clipboard that has the maps, the scores, the teams, everything on there. And so let's say if now we're like back to COD, all right, Team Alpha 1, Hardpoint, 250 to 3. And then, but the other team, you know, Bravo beat S&D 6 to 4. So you can keep that on there and you know which map. So you'd call it out. So at the end of it, after everything's done, you're like, all right, you do that. You report it back to your main TO at the front desk who has the big bracket. He'll type everything in. He'll give you a new sheet and say, all right, here's your teams and here's your maps. And that's how they keep the bracket going. You always want to communicate as a TO to your main head TO, which is what I normally am. Okay, fantastic. Now, that sounds really confusing for someone who's never done that before. <laughs> like, <There's> a lot. <laughs> so you have you have main tos, you have sub tos, and I'm sure you have to have what your casters as well. You have to have uh, some sort of person in charge of directing this if you're broadcasting this at all. Like, yeah. how many people does it take to run a, a larger tournament? So when let's say we're at DreamHack right now, um, there's usually about eight to 10 TOs. So we have a state, an area called the pit, which has 16 stations inside of it. From there, there's usually going to be about six, I would say about six TOs. There's usually, they're usually either a two to a desk, or for instance, if I'm in the pit, I usually have six to 10 stations myself running back and forth. It depends on how limited we are. Then we have featured station, which is going to be partially on stream. It has two stations on it. Then you have main stage, which usually has two admins on both sides in case of guys like, Hey ref, my controller, Hey, this, so there's a lot of different you know cogs to it, but then you have your main TO desk, 
where, like I said, all reports are going to go back to them. And as far as the casters, you know, we give the casters, hey, this is our next lineup. These are the teams, these are the players, blah, blah, blah. So they'll know who they're ready to talk about on stream and whatnot. Okay. And how much accommodation do you make for the players? You know, so if someone has their lucky controller, lucky keyboard, are they allowed to use that or do they have to use the equipment on site? Generally, we tell them to bring their own controllers and their headsets because we'll like usually most of will provide Astro Mix so they can plug in and they can talk with each other. But yeah, we, we have them do it now. We will check to make sure nothing is modded on it because there has been in previous cases where someone had uh, a controller that made it auto fire when it's supposed to be a single shot weapon or a guy had a little computer thing where he had auto aim. So you always want to check that as a ref. And nine times out of 10, the players, they're going to be like, hey, no big deal. You know, but sometimes the ones that get all uffy puffy, they're usually hiding something, you know? Okay, very cool. Um, now, money makes the world go round. Like whether you have a smaller <laughs> tournament or a you know, dream hack, you yeah. have to pay for that. How, how, where's the money come from? Usually money comes from sponsors, especially for the big ones. So let's say the US Army, actually it was the... Um, it was the Air Force that sponsored DreamHack Anaheim. I'm pretty sure they tossed out over 100K, 200K, whatever it is. Now, from that, you know, they could probably use it as a tax write-off because it's the military. However, let's say out of that money, let's say if we have a $50,000 tournament, uh, $25,000 will go towards pot. The other twenty, I would say twenty thousand might go to get the building to get all your equipment. So you got to make sure you have all that money in there because there's a lot you got to have building, you have equipment, you got to make sure you have stuff for you know vendors that come in, food, merch, whatever there is that you want to have at your building. You got to accommodate that like you're a big boss at an you know, and you have employees. You got to make sure everybody is paid correctly to make sure it goes through. So a lot of people think, oh, that company, they're probably just made, you know, 50 grand. No, they made maybe 10 grand off ticket sales and maybe another 10 grand off merch and other booths that they have inside. And so if a company doesn't sell any merch, they don't sell any tickets or have any booths, they're going to be losing money. And that's how those companies go under a lot. Okay. Does that happen often? I've seen a lot of small mom and pops try to get into the scene and they want to promise so big. And that's the downfall is they promise big before they have that paycheck in their back pocket. They're like, Oh, I can get that. And then by the time two weeks is out, they promised a 10 grand contract where they only got $500 in sponsors. Unless they got 95 sitting around, they want to toss out. They're about to go under real quick. Okay. Now on that note, you know, the, the military drops a hundred thousand, you might, the mom and pop might be able to get 500. Where does this valuation come from? Like how, how, if I wanted to start, you know, the gamerpreneur con and, you know, have a, a call of duty <laughs> right. you know, tournament going on, how, how am I supposed to value that? So the most important is production. Production is what's going to sell up to a lot of companies because one, you can run commercials for them. Two, you can do giveaways during the stream because anybody can have a pen and paper tournament that's fine, but it's not going to be seen to the world. You know, Twitch, all these other companies, they see it visually. So for instance, when we do stuff with the military, we'll run the commercial, we'll have their logo on there, we'll talk about it. And if they have a giveaway, we'll do it. So their value is seeing their name out there and seeing the views. Plus, you know, the way we do it with our militaries is if you're age 17 through 32, you know, they're just going to reach out to you to see if they want to sign up because that, you know, they have to have people, like if they go to the mall or school, well now because of COVID, they can't do that. So they resorted to online. And so we'll give them 12 to 24 people that are in the Oklahoma area and they're happy and they give us like 1500 bucks to put towards the tournament, you know? So that's how you get different sponsors is to make sure you can sell it digitally compared to just physically. Okay. So everybody out there go big or go home. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Johnny, you've, you've put together a lot of these tournaments, right? Yeah. 
Okay. What are some common issues that you see people making? You know, you have someone who wants to, to put this together. What, what would they be called? They're not a producer. You'd be the producer, right? Right. Um, so we, we just call them admins, tournament admins okay. or TOs pretty much. But there's there's a lot of people that, like I so said, want to try to get into it. And if they don't understand it, it's going to feel miserably. So if, I, if I'm in a group, like for instance, I've seen a guy trying to advertise a team deathmatch. No one really plays that unless you're just a pub star. And so I was like, hey, I was like, you might want to flip that to like maybe a search and destroyer gunfight if you want to get people to come to your event since it's a paid event. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, this is our first time doing this. Normally we do like sports games. I appreciate you reaching out to me. But then you'll get some people be like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, all right, well, you do your thing. And then usually two weeks later, looking back to me like, hey, you were right. I'm sorry. I'm like, it's all right. I understand you want to be the king of your own ship. But sometimes hearing some advice is not going to hurt you somewhere. Well, what was the biggest shipwreck you've seen so far? Oh Lord! Uh, so no names. There, don't, don't give me any no, names. No, I'm not going to drop any names. But there, <laughs> the, the ten grand thing I was mentioning—that's the reason why there was supposed to be a ten grand event that was supposed to be uh, in a different state. And great guy, I loved his passion. And he's like, "Yeah, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. We're going to pay you that. We're going to pay this." He unfortunately was not able to sell it because one, he was a fresh face trying to a little guppy in a big shark pond. And so he wasn't able to get the sponsors he was at. And instead of spending the 10K in his pocket that he could have, that he saved up for, he says, hey, we're going to have to cancel this. We'll try again later, which is a respectful thing. You will get some frowns upon it, but it's better than having gamers come to it and then not paying them out because that has happened in a tournament once. That company is no longer existence. They promised a 20K tournament and it was four different titles, 5K each. They did not pay any people and they walked out with 17,000 at the end of the day and no one heard of them again. I actually have been to a, a speaking event where that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so you understand. <laughs> they were not happy. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So then uh, what, what is your opinion on the state of the, the amount of tournaments out there? Are there too many? Are there not enough? Or we do have a good balance. Like, what do you think of the state of esports is? So from looking around, it depends on your title. Now, there's never, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a, enough at some point in time, but there's never enough if you can think of the same area. So for instance, a lot of people that try to host COD events are usually for Warzone because one, it's a free game. Two, it's a battle royale. So it's easy because there's really not any custom lobbies unless you get enough people. So usually people do what they call a kill race. So it's, let's say if you're on a team, I'm on a team, we're in the same lobby. But if you get five kills, I get four. Clearly you won and you move on. And so that's a lot easier than having people just go and, you know, all right, you're playing this and you're playing this. They let teams play for three hours max and then they report the top score. And so I'll see a lot of these Call of Duty pages just flooded with Warzone. And there's guys like me that want to do the big boy rules. And I don't even see anybody else except maybe one or two people. And that's it. So it depends on the title, what map, like I said, what, what all kinds of stuff they want to do with it is what's going to play a factor into it. But no, I mean... I love it because I do see people in Fortnite, Apex, COD, Valorant, all these different ones out there that are trying to put something on. A lot of them, some of them do know the rules, some of them don't. And the ones that don't, you see them never post again. And if they do, they'll try it again. And then still they don't get the right rules and they don't come back. We're like, well, at least you tried. And I always tell you, at least you got to try something to figure out, did I do right or do I do wrong? Okay. So now you just, you dropped a bunch of game names, right? <laughs> is, is there... Do you think there's going to be a standout game? Like, is are we like heading toward a, a singular game, or is it just these publishers are putting out new games every year? Are we, are we just going to keep diluting the field? It's usually the types of games. So there's first-person shooters, third-persons, there's sports, there's racing, there's MOBA, which is like League of Legends, Dota. So it depends on the game. Um, for instance, Halo was king for a long time, and then it kind of dwindled down as Halo 4 came out, and the Call of Duty took that scene over on the pro 
same as Gears of War. Gears of War was hot, but then like I said, COD kind of trumped it for the first person shooters. But now you have PC only titles, which is like say Valorant and Overwatch. Those are great games in their own category. So it depends on the genre of what it is. For instance, though, Battle Royales, you have Fortnite, Apex, and COD Warzone. Usually the younger generation loves Fortnite, but with Warzone coming out, it's pretty hot. But the downfall now about Warzone is there's a lot of cheaters out there that have like computer glitches since they play on the computer. And a lot of people are leaving it to go back to Apex or Fortnite. So it just depends on what season comes out. You know, are you adding new maps, new weapons, what's going on? Or if you have cheaters that don't want to make you play the game ever again. So each genre has its own king of the castle compared to just, you know, everybody just, you know, clashing against everyone. Okay, beautiful. Now, um, the Rona changed things a lot, right? Not just yeah. you know taking away our, our you know in-person tournaments, but we started seeing esports all over ESPN and and kind of everywhere. Esports was the only thing people were playing, but now that <laughs> right. everybody kind of figured out how to start doing other sports again, like is is esports going to kind of go back into its cubby hole where it's going to be forgotten by the wide world, or is it kind of finding its way? I think it's going to be what we call a hybrid where you're going to have physical and online that can combine together. So a lot of times, like even before COVID hit, we would have online qualifiers that would stack up for a physical event. So therefore teams, you know, they don't have to keep going to the same you know state or different states. They all play online. And then you have your, all right, you have your first through 16 seed. Here's your bracket at this physical event because you guys qualified. So that'll be good. The other great thing too, is that because of COVID, it has allowed high schools and colleges and say parks and rec, YMCA, all those different groups to be like, Hey, we can't have kids physically here, but now we can have them online on a athletic ability situation. Same as like our special Olympics, you know, they normally do physical stuff. Well, now we brought them rocket league. We started in Oklahoma. Now there's other States. And then they're talking about taking a national as soon as COVID stops to be on ESPN and stuff. So, I mean, the world's your oyster depending on how deep you want to try it out, but I don't see it fading in any direction. I think it's going to keep going strong. Okay. Beautiful. Now, Johnny, let's say I'm really lazy but I'm, I'm cash flush. What right. is the easiest way in order to get a tournament just gone, just done? Right. Let's let, like I said, let's say, let's say you got the money, but you don't want to run it. You find organizations like me or UGC DreamHack, whoever says, Hey, I've got a hundred thousand dollars. I want to put it towards this. If you guys make any profit on it, I want 5% of my cutback or whatever, because it's just tax write-offs for those people. So basically whatever company they would put, like said, their logo, they, you know, throw their ad out there and that's it. And, and, they're hoping that they'll get views. So let's say if it's a law firm, for instance, you know, well, all of a sudden you'll see this law firm commercial come up here or 20% off your first, you know, let's say if it's cannabis now, 20% off your first order. So you can do different things like that to attract different customers into that, that you can also get extra revenue out for tossing such money away. Okay. So I don't have to have any part of it. I could just have my name splashed all over. I just drop write a big old fat check. If, if, if you want to rain dollar bills on me, I'll work all day long for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else would I need to know? I, I'm not actually thinking I mean, of starting an esports tournament. I'm, I'm a gamer entrepreneur con does have a nice ring to it, but. Right. I mean, honestly, just if you want to get into esports, just understand what you're getting into. It's no different than like, I want to play football. But if you've never been hit by someone running at you my size, I'm 6'6", 220. If you get hit by me and you're tiny, it's going to hurt a little bit. So you need to know what you're getting into before you fully want to commit. So with that, learn what esports is about. Learn the different game titles and see which one sounds fancy to you figure out the rules and then find a community that wants to build around it. Because as you grow, it's family. And if family trusts you, they're always going to come back and then they're going to tell their friends to come. But if you're just some, you know, say, well, I'm going to charge this guy $50 a team, but I'm only going to pay out a hundred, even though I had a hundred teams, they're going to get mad at you that you literally pocketed all that cash. You only gave 50 bucks out. 
so you don't want to be greedy either. So just do it, do it for the joy of your heart. Make sure that you build all the relations around it and just keep grinding. And then if you have questions, ask people that know or have been in the area longer just to see what's going on. Okay. You all heard it first. Esports is not for the money. It's for the love. It's for the love. All right, Johnny, how do people reach out to you if they want to hire you? They want to hire me, they go to clickgaming.gg or contact at clickgaming.gg. That is the email that has, and actually that website has all of our stuff from previous events. We have our highlights. I'm one of the casters on there whenever I'm not doing admin stuff. And so we can bring all the bells and whistles y'all's way. Okay, I got some more, another question actually. How about What's up? So how would these casters, how would these additional staff members make their way into this? So actually, which was, what's funny is we actually put internships out there. So we've had uh, college kids come in that we've taught how to run the bracket. And then from there, we've had players in our tournaments like, hey, I don't really want to play anymore, but you know, can I test out to be a caster? We'll do that too. So if, if you have a passion for knowledge or talking about something, we'll bring you on there no matter what the situation is. And that opens up a world to anything. It's like building a resume. And that's what we tell people is that if you come over here and let's say you get six months of experience, all of a sudden you go to a website called hitmarkerjobs.com. That's all esports. And you can then apply, be like, hey, I worked with this company for this. They reach out to us, make sure it's verified. And now you can maybe work for Riot or even Blizzard or whatever, because now you have that experience, even though you were just training, you know? Beautiful. Johnny, it's always a pleasure getting to talk to you. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I'm always here for you, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I really do appreciate it. I, uh, I almost didn't have an episode for today, but Johnny, he came through for me. <laughs> I try. I try. I'm a damnedest. <laughs> all right. Thank you again, Johnny. And Thanks, for brother. everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer. Be a gamerpreneur. Yes, sir.